0: Teres, I'm Rachel, and I'm Teresa, <laughs> and this is Terra Astralis on a Tuesday. Oops. Yeah, a Tuesday. <laughs> it's um, my not day for you. Off. <laughs> <laughs> not for you
1: guys. It'll be up on Thursday, but yes. for us, it's Tuesday. It is so today
0: is my day off, and I did this case last night, and this morning I knocked on a window and said, "I have stuff to do. Let me in." <laughs>
1: Can you tell that we've already recorded this intro? We (laughs) have. We're here again. That's
0: okay. So.
1: Um, But yeah. uh, We have some good news for the podcast. So a network reached out to us on Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram. By the way, if you haven't yet, it is Terra Australis Podcast. Um, But someone reached out to us and asked. Um,
0: That's not canon. Yes. Network.
1: And so we are joining a podcast network, guys. Yes. Um, For those who don't know what a network is, it's basically a community of podcasters mutually kind of shouting each other out and helping each other gain bigger audiences. Mm -hmm. So our podcast
0: is going to go somewhere. So expect a lot of like little tidbits about other podcasters that we... Like, and you know, like, we're just me shouting each other out, supporting each other. I think most other. of them
1: are Australian as well. It's amazing. And the, I listened, yeah. I started listening to the first episode of the podcast I was telling you about. The, um, Murder in Oz one. Yeah. Um, they are very Australian. I the,
0: love that They live so in much.
1: Brisbane and their accents and like everything. I'm so used to hearing American accents like online and all that. So yeah. Hearing an Australian accent like ours, I'm sitting here like, what the f- we exist online. Yeah. It's weird. Barely. <laughs> yeah, barely, yeah. Like, apparently,
0: isn't that like a conspiracy theory? <laughs> Flashback to last week's episode, guys, oh, yeah. if you haven't listened to I it got us. a
1: lot of really good feedback on last week's episode. It's awesome. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that we should bring Casey back for another saying, one. because they prefer Casey over <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bring back <laughs> Casey. That's <laughs> yes, okay. I'm not hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently, Australia doesn't exist, remember? We're all paid out, Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I wish. At least I would not be working. I found that someone... Every day.
1: <laughs> ages ago, I found someone on TikTok who was like, everyone who says they're Australian actually live in Argentina. And so, I looked up the weather in Argentina, and it was supposed to be snowing, and I went outside, and it was bright and sunny. I went, where the fuck is my snow? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never seen the snow. Neither Fun fact, guys. So, like... If I'm living I in Argentina,
0: want
1: to to I want to build a fucking snowman.
0: Yes,
1: we live in an English Can we place. go somewhere on holiday when we're like rich and famous oh, yes. and just
0: build snowmen? Yes, guys, please make us famous so we can go see the snow. <laughs> yes! What <laughs> <laughs> oh, a time. Today's episode is scary, it's sad, but it's also bitchy in high school. So it is a lot of things all wrapped up. It is essentially a... Um, Chick flick with murder? Chick flick with murder. Yes. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, I'm going to start off by telling you what it is, for starters. <laughs> yes, that would be good. You guys have probably already read the title, but today's episode is the kidnapping, torture, and mur- murder... Moida. Moida of Shandashare. So, I've got to say, that name, something about it just... Shandashare, yeah. That... And she was 12 years old what okay so it is yeah it's a lot it's a lot um, I know a lot about this case because I've been like obsessed with it for a very long time and my favorite podcast uh, morbid morbid a true crime podcast they covered this and I wanted to wait long enough between when they covered it to when I wanted to cover it because you know i don't want them coming from me I did message them, they haven't replied it's okay yeah I know I right. keep checking out <laughs> they probably get yeah. a lot of messages though oh they would absolutely um, so I'm doing today's episode a little bit different because the last episode that I did, I did listen to it afterwards and I, it was very scripted. So I had like my printout, Today I've got my laptop because I did it at her house this morning and I didn't I have time have a printer. <laughs> um, I've more so just wrote like little pointers for starting conversations, so like conversation prompts, rather than it being all scripted. So I do have some parts that are written down exactly as they are. Um, there's some notes passed back and forth between these teenagers and there's also like the facts at the end um, to do with the actual moida that I um, didn't want to get wrong. So. Sorry guys, without I hiccuped. Ado. If you heard a
1: weird noise, I hiccuped. Do you what I said? Without further ado. ado-y. Adoy? What? <laughs> without further ado. Yeah. But I said without further ado Okay. I That's probably distracted moving. you with my
0: hiccup. You did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, let's go into the people involved. We have 12-year-old Shanda Sher, who is the victim in this. Um, we have Melinda Loveless, who is 16. Oh, damn. That Amanda last Hebron, who is 15. Laurie Tackett. 17. Hope Rippy, 15. And Tony Lawrence, 15. And those are all the people who are mainly involved in this story. And it all starts off with a love triangle between Shanda Cher, Melinda Loveless, and Amanda Hebron.
1: Wait, you said this is in high school, but Shanda Cher is
0: 12. She is. So I think it's like a middle school, high school mix.
1: Oh, this is in America? Yes.
0: Okay, that makes more sense, man. Yes, it is.
1: So. Got it.
0: Yeah. So I think it's like a middle school, high school mix. Um, So the love triangle is between 16-year-old Melinda Loveless, 15-year-old Amanda Heverin, and 12-year-old Shanda Okay,
1: no 12-year-old should be getting into a relationship with a 15- and
0: 16-year-old. And also the way it was gone about was very adult. Um, We will see that Shanda was very mature for her age. She looked a lot older than she was. Yeah, but
1: at the same time, the... The age gap, like, I know, like, that age gap isn't, like, a lot. It's maybe, like, four years. But at the same time, a 12-year-old compared to a
0: 16-year-old, that's... Oh, very, very different. very
1: different. Well,
0: another thing we'll see is all of the murderers are out now. All of them. Um, That pisses me off. There's four girls who were involved in the murder, and they are all out. Um, But you can see just how much of a difference there is between when... They went to prison as teenagers and when they got out because they are re- rehabilitated because they were kids. Yeah. Your brain develops so much and you can really see the difference here. And yeah. And where it all went wrong. And the thing is you're not expecting this. You, you see high school drama, you see middle school drama, in this case both. Um, <laughs> but you don't think that it's going to end like this. No. You know, you see drama, you see girl fights. All we that. all had
1: those Oh, absolutely. High, high school, school is a
0: battlefield. You oh, see, God, I hated it. You see some girl fights in high school. Yeah. But you never think it's going to end this badly. No. So, I'm going to go into the background on Melinda Loveless. Please do. Quite fitting name, we will say. Melinda Loveless was born in New Albany, Indiana on October 28th. 1975 she was the youngest of three daughters to marjorie and larry loveless larry loveless was abusive to the whole family and began to molest their eldest daughter from infancy right yep so their eldest daughter michelle from the time that she was an infant up until he left he was molesting and abusing her yeah yeah um marjorie described Larry as a sex-obsessed pervert who would force her into unwanted sexual encounters on a daily basis and a man who would not only abuse his family but also other women whenever he could. So he was just an all-round arse, (laughs) he was a terrible, terrible guy and this is what Melinda was growing up in. So um, he also molested and assaulted their second child, Melissa, when she was young. So we have Michelle, Melissa, and Melinda.
1: They're they three really daughters.
0: like M's. They do. <laughs> Marjorie is the mum. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a lot of M's. It's a lot. Yeah, I was, I got very confused. It's Kardashians, spot for murder. <laughs> M for murder. So Larry was a prick. He was an asshole to his entire family. He abused them. He sexually assaulted his kids from birth, and he also did the same to anyone he could meet. He was spying on the neighbors' kids, and he did eventually get in trouble for this. Oh. But yeah, not good guy.
1: God, that so. that is like a fear. What if I have kids in the future and I see my neighbor spying on them?
0: That oh my god, I would kill them. Y- y- I would hands down kill them. Like they just yeah no, absolutely not. That I would hands is down kill them.
1: Terrifying.
0: It is because you
1: literally have maybe a tin fence between you two. There
0: is. Some very scary people in the world, and I am scared to bring children into a world like this. Yep. Melinda never admitted to Larry molesting her as a child and even denied this later on. However, it was stated that she had slept in bed with him until he abandoned the family when she was 14. So up until that point, they had slept in the same bed together. And he had done this with all of his daughters as well. Right. But especially Melinda. Melinda was very attached to him. And formed a very unhealthy relationship with her father yep. and she seeked his validation yeah constantly yeah so neither parents were focusing on taking care of the children which meant that michelle the eldest had to raise her siblings as best she could while also being abused by her father and marjorie was just not she was not it she was going and having affairs she was all over the place she Wasn't focused on looking after her kids at all. Um, When Melinda was five, the family became deeply involved in the Baptist church, with Larry using religion as another tool to abuse his family, as they do. Guys, don't use religion for your own pleasure or needs. Like religion is something that is very personal, but there is a lot of people who weaponize it, and that's not okay. That's not okay at all. No. He would burn the kids' toys and books all the while. He was still emotionally and physically tormenting everyone around him. Larry also decided that Melinda needed an exorcism at one stage, in which he left her alone in a hotel room for five hours with a 50-year-old man. (laughs) Because he claimed that he could do it. So this 50-year-old man had claimed that he could, quote-unquote, fix her. And um, since Larry had decided that Melinda, five years old, needed to be exercised, um, she was left alone for five hours in a motel room with a 50-year-old man. And according to her, she just thinks that she slept. So she's compartmentalised that. She doesn't remember any of it. Probably for the better. Uh. But yeah. So during their childhood, Marjorie was frequently attempting suicide and the kids grew up having seen many of these attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eventually, Larry and Marjorie divorced and Larry left the home. Despite all that he'd done to her growing up, Melinda took her father leaving as a major hit and spiralled. She really just looked for any validation wherever she could find it after that. Yep. So, Larry did end up getting arrested um, for peeping on children and raping and sodomizing children in the area. Um, He got Basically a slap on the wrist in prison, was released, <sighs> and then karma hit him. Oh, with good. With a bus. Like, yes! Literally. Regina <laughs> George, that bitch! Oh my yeah. god! He was hit by a bus and it's he died. Really, <laughs> it's really, like a chick flick. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Marjorie remarried, so the kids had a stepfather, we all know how that usually goes. But um, he was actually very good to the family, he treated good, them really good. well. Um, he even said to Melinda, you know, I'm not your dad, he's your dad, but I can be your friend. You can come to me when you want, like, I'm not going to try to replace him. But she wanted none of it, she Mm -hmm. didn't want anything to do with him, because she was just, she was so obsessed with her dad, she just, she she missed him. She didn't want anything to get in between that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, I
1: kind of understand that. Let's get into... I mean, I don't because I don't have a dad. But, like, I can understand (laughs) how some people don't want their stepdad acting like a dad.
0: Well, he was... Because he wasn't trying to overstep, but I think it was just... Oh, no, he seemed
1: very um, respectful. Yeah, and the the other kids responded
0: well to that. She just didn't. Um, Okay. So... Melinda you said she was
1: very attached to her father,
0: so... And she was very... She compartmentalised a lot of her childhood trauma and she sort of really stayed in that space where she didn't grow up. Yeah. So let's get to how Melinda and Amanda came together. Yes, please. In 1990, at age 15, Melinda started dating Amanda Hefren. This was the first time that either of them had officially expressed feelings with another girl and the relationship became very intense very quickly oh she immediately became obsessed and possessive over Amanda and she began controlling and abusing her from the jump yeah so it was a very very intense relationship like it was their first not only their one of their first relationships in general but also they were Finding out who they were, like they're still growing, they're still expressing themselves. And Their first queer relationship. Yes, yeah, it's a big deal. It That's is. A big deal. I yeah. remember my first girl-girl relationship, and it was. Yeah. It was big. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting and new thing, but unfortunately, they attached themselves to each other very quickly, and it became very, a very dangerous thing very quickly. Yeah. Um, Melinda would often force Amanda into sexual situations where she wasn't comfortable. Basically expressing all the behavior that she learned from her father growing up. Yeah. Yeah, and everything that she'd been exposed to as a child Despite this the both of them were very dependent on each other especially since being in a same-sex relationship wasn't widely Accepted at that time when so was, it was in this? 1990. Yeah. yeah, so it definitely wasn't a massive thing then like it. Yeah, so I mean, was it was still isn't fully ex-
1: um, accepted today. Like, so I mean, it was
0: sort of like them against the world, yeah. Thing. And it just got very, very it intense definitely. have felt like it for them, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Shanda Share. How she comes into this, her background. Shanda Renee Cher was born in, born at Pineville Community Hospital in Pineville, Kentucky, on June sixth, nineteen seventy nine, to Steve Share and Jacqueline Vaut. <laughs> Jackie for short um, okay her parents were later divorced and she was said to be very close with both of them as well as her step parents so she had the complete opposite upbringing to Melinda Loveless yeah she um and as far as um, things are concerned I think Amanda had a pretty standard childhood as well okay but um Shanda and Melinda had a very very different upbringing Okay, Shanda's yeah. upbringing was filled with like love, she had support from all angles, and she seemed to be just a well-rounded girl. Um, she attended St. Paul's School in Louisville where she was a straight A student and was on the cheerleading, volleyball, and softball teams. Ooh. So she was going to a private school. She yes. was thriving there, she was straight A. she was a good student all round. Good she relationship
1: was... with her parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's she, really was,
0: good... she was a good student, like she was a good yeah. person and everybody loved her. Everybody said that there was nothing bad they could say about her. So I had to go wrong. <laughs> at the age of twelve, Shanda became very into fashion. She wanted to express herself more freely and she couldn't do that wearing the uniforms at a private school. So she begged her parents to transfer to public school. Can I just say, as two
1: Australian girls, who doesn't matter if you're in a private or public, because we've both been to private and public schools, uniforms are not that bad. Like, it's annoying at times, but like... But she had the option. Just a uniform. See, she had the option to like express herself. Yeah, no, I'm just saying this to like Americans
0: in general. Like, it's... Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) definitely. (laughs) But she was like, she wanted to express herself. She wanted to get into more social situations, because she just wasn't getting that. She was so focused in private school on, like, her grades, her sports, and all that. She wanted to just
1: be a teenager. She wanted to be a kid, yeah. Yeah, Because she sense. is a
0: child. She yeah. is 12 years old. So, um, she asked to go to public school, and her parents applied. They said yes, because she was a straight-A student. You want to was... make a child happy. Exactly. She was everything that they wanted, and they didn't think that anything was going to change, because she was a good kid. She had never done anything wrong. She talked to them. She had good grades. So they said, why not?
1: Yeah, who was that calling? My sister. Okay. Also, can I just say for once the notification is it from me?
0: <laughs> yes. No. My sister is calling me. No. Um, <laughs> the family moved to New Albany, Indiana, in June 1991, and Shanda enrolled at Hazelwood Middle School, which is where Amanda and Melinda were going to school. So when Shannon moved to the same school as um, Amanda and Melinda became aware of her pretty quickly. Um, Amanda and Shanda actually got into a fight the first week oh. she was there, just a little like scuffle and they had detention together. And in detention they started talking and they became friends. They got close. Oh. They yeah, they Okay, so that formed. Beef. A bond. That's good. Yeah, so they yeah. quickly formed a bond. Um this made Melinda extremely mad because she now sees that her girlfriend is eyeing off the new girl and she doesn't like that because nobody stepped into her territory absolutely yeah nobody stepped into her territory before and then here is this new girl coming in stealing all of her attention and she is very dependent on Amanda at this stage so yeah they have this us against the world and now something's coming in the way of that so she began bullying Shanda, of course, because, you know, you don't take it out on the person who's actually... You're... Yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> it's never not. It's never the person who you should be aiming it at, but, um, yeah. yes. Melinda was very unsteady and immediately showed her jealousy. And she started bullying Shanda really badly. She'd call her names. She spread rumours about her, all that. Um But this didn't stop Amanda and Shanda from getting closer. They began to feel more for each other. In more of a romantic way than just a friendship. Now, so Amanda was playing both of these girls. She had right. the, she had the attention of two really pretty girls because I'll post pictures on Instagram. But Shanda and Melinda are gorgeous. I like, think I saw
1: a, like a photo over your yeah. shoulder
0: when I was streaming this morning. Both of them are gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Yeah. So Amanda has the attention of both of these girls. She's loving it. She can't choose between them. And, well, you don't think that it's going to end like this. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, so, Melinda tried to become friends with Shanda in order to stop her from pursuing Amanda. Yeah. So, Melinda sort of was, like, trying to instill girl code. So, like... You know, that's my girlfriend. You wouldn't try to steal my girlfriend because we're friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing.
1: Sorry, um, I was... Because it's 11.45 now, so I was wondering how long it would take to get to my dentist appointment. I've got two wisdom teeth coming through and I need them removed. I
0: was so. wondering why she was on my phone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was
1: seeing how far away it was. Is it all good? It's 40 minutes away, so as long as we leave by 12.50, we'll be fine. That's an, over an hour away.
0: Okay, so we're fine. I
1: was just making sure we have enough time to finish recording. No, that's okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I promise I was listening.
0: <laughs> okay, so here comes the notes. Now, I had read a book for this case. It is called Cruel Sacrifice by someone that I yeah, was you Yeah, you had to look it up on your phone. Um, yes. It's available on Amazon and Kindle Cloud Reader. Such a good book. It has all of the notes and everything in it from that were exchanged between the girls. I haven't put all of them in. I've put quite a few in, but not all of them. They're all available in the book, and it is amazing. It goes into so much detail, and it's got things that like aren't available anywhere else. And yeah, it's really, really good read. I will put it in the show notes for you guys. So this is a note from Melinda that she wrote to Shanda. Shanda, don't be mad at me, please. I want to be your friend. I just don't like when you speak to Amanda when I'm not there I mean, why can't we all three be friends? You act as if you've got something going with her Amanda and I are going together and she loves me and I love her and she only wants to be friends with you You need to accept that Shanda, Amanda told me that you're going through bad times Well, if you need someone to talk to you can always come with- talk to me I don't want you sneaking behind my back. Why don't you speak to Amanda when she's with me? You need to find a boyfriend because Amanda is mine. You can even ask her. Please talk to both of us or you can forget about Amanda. You, me and Amanda need to have a talk and get this squared away. Then we can all be friends. Sorry, I'm writing so sloppy. Can you meet us at lunch? Your friend, Mel. You can tell it's the (laughs) money. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so these are the sort of notes that are going around. And she basically told Shanda, like, you can either talk to Amanda when I'm there or not at all. Right. So, she was being very possessive, very controlling. I and love Handa.
1: how... is it Shay? Shanda. Shanda. Um, I love how Shanda's like, you know, I know I'm technically the side bitch, but you can go find a boyfriend. Meli- was oh. it
0: Shanda who said that, or...? No, Melinda said that to Shanda. Okay. So, Melinda's saying this to Shanda, who's the new girl.
1: Okay, I thought, like, it was Melinda and then Shanda? No, no, no. Okay, no, it okay. was all
0: Melinda? Yeah, so okay. Melinda told Shanda to go get a boyfriend and stop. Okay, okay, I got girlfriend. very confused. Yeah. It's very, there's so much, there's so yeah. much going on. Okay. So, this still didn't work, and this love triangle was reaching a boiling point. It was just going and going and going. Amanda was paying more and more attention to Shanda and less to Melinda, and Melinda was getting angrier and angrier, and it was just all oh, spilling over. So, Melinda then wrote a note to Amanda. And this is the one that I, I, I feel like we've all written notes like this and that's why I can't, okay, anyway, Melinda wrote a note to Amanda saying, Amanda, why did you write her fucking name on your folder? It hurt so much when I saw it. I didn't think you would put her ugly name on your folder and you wrote it. You must have liked her enough to write her her name. Why? Well, I'm gone. Melinda. P.S. Just tell me you like her once because I know.
1: I'm sorry, that- that just throws me back to, like, year eight- year nine. Yeah.
0: But, like, Amanda is, like, playing both of these girls. Oh, yeah! So, like, like, it is Amanda's kind of of being a bitch. But you- and again, it's high school and you don't think that it's gonna end like this. No. So. So, There was a school dance. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Yes. Oh, indeed.
1: God, this really is a chick flick.
0: Absolutely, it yeah. literally
1: is. Except that it ends in Moira. Moira, mean girl's
0: gone wrong. <laughs> okay, there was a school dance. So Melinda had said to Shanda, she probably wasn't going to go. Um, you know, she was like, "Oh, I'm just going to go see a movie. That's okay. I don't really, I don't really want to go." So that's yeah. what she's telling Shanda. Now she's telling Amanda that she doesn't necessarily want to go, but if but if Amanda is going to go, then she's only gonna be taking Melinda. So, yeah, yeah. so to Shanda, she's saying, I'm not gonna go, that's all good, like, I'll just probably go see a movie or something, and then to Amanda, she's saying, I don't know if you're going, but if you are, you're going with me. Right. Now, neither of them think that Melinda is going, because she's told them she's not. Shanda and Amanda go together to this dance. Right. And Melinda shows up.
1: Ooh.
0: Yes. So Melinda sees this, gets very angry and jealous. She chases Shanda around, threatening her, telling her she's gonna hurt her, all of the things. Yeah, all of the things, so. Another note shared between Amanda and Shanda said, Shanda, hey girly, were you mad at me when I let you go? It seemed as if you were because you slammed your phone down. Well, you wanted to know if I'm in love. You think you love me, but deep down you probably really don't. Like you said, you may not ever stop liking me. I hope not, because I might have to shoot you up. No, just joking. Don't get me wrong, I like you and everything, but I like Melinda too. But you got to understand, I knew her a lot longer, about a year. She says the same thing. She says she's in love with me, and she didn't really know till about two or three months after she knew me. But I'm not saying I wouldn't kiss you. I would love to. I never said I wouldn't make love to you. I don't know what to do. I have two beautiful girls who like me and I do, and I don't know what to do. Shanda, I can't say I love you because I just don't know. I like you. I don't want you to be mad at me. I hope you never stop liking me because I look forward to a good future with you. Please still like me, okay? Please try to write me back or talk to me and tell me what you think. But Shanda, I never want you to quit loving me. I think it's sweet you say you love me. I love it when you say I love you in sixth period. Please don't stop saying it. So Amanda cannot make up her mind. She no. does not know what she wants. She has this attention from Shanda. She's who, a playboy. Well, absolutely. But also you have to think about like, she's in a scary relationship with Melinda. Melinda's been abusing her. I feel like jump. she's
1: in denial well, with Melinda's also, relationship
0: as well. She's also now seeing oh, it doesn't have to be like this it can be like this yeah you know like she's
1: she wants the best of both worlds
0: she does I don't think that she wants to hurt Melinda because honestly everybody's scared of Melinda yeah I think that she's probably scared to break up with her but she also does still want to be with her yeah so she wants the best of both worlds she's going through all of these different things I mean on top of that you're 15 like There's a lot going on at 15. When you're
1: 15, you feel like the whole world's falling apart. Exactly. And, like, Shanda's
0: 12. She's a baby. Like, no one here knows what's actually going on. Yeah. (laughs) Or what they want. Or what to do about it. So, it's a lot. So, (laughs) Shanda's parents are finding explicit letters from Amanda. Yeah. So... Melinda's and Amanda's parents are also finding letters. So Amanda and Melinda were actually banned from seeing each other, but they still snuck communication, obviously. Yeah. And then Shanda's parents are finding explicit letters from Amanda. So, um, sexual letters. Yeah. And they're asking Shanda about it because, you know, like, your 12-year-old's getting explicit message- like, letters from another girl at school. Like, Most you know, 12 year old do Think about that. Um, So they ask her if she's in a physical relationship with Amanda and she's lying to them. She's not being honest with them anymore. And, like, that's not like her. Yeah. So they ban her from seeing Amanda and, of course, they start talking again. They sneak communication. They've gone on a date at this point. They've gone on a really, really cute date. Melinda... Amanda's done with Melinda. She's like, no, I'm going to take my business over to Shanda. We're going to... Be happy, all good, great. But yeah. um now nah, they've been banned from seeing each other, they're still communicating though. Shanda's parents think that it's time to put her back in a private school. They think this is this was Gone work bad. trying, but it's not working. Her grades have dropped, she's getting in all these fights, she's getting in trouble at school, she's seeming really stressed and depressed because she's being threatened by this girl, she's in this insane love triangle so they're like alright we are going to put you in a private school so she yeah. gets put back into a private school she starts thriving her grades go up she's happier she's doing sports again she's got a great relationship with her parents everything's good and then she starts talking to Amanda again. oh god cue the second school dance <laughs> Oh, in which Shanda is already going to a different school now, so she's not allowed in the school dance, but Amanda is trying to sneak her in. Melinda sees all this, loses her shit, and tells Amanda to tell Shanda that she doesn't love her, and that she doesn't want to be with her in front of the entire school. And she does. Because she's scared? Yeah. We'll get to it. Okay. And she melinda then says to Shanda, if you ever talk to melinda again i will fucking kill you right a lot of people heard this but they did again they weren't thinking that she was actually going to kill her yeah now shanda can't get in because you know she doesn't go to that school so but then amanda sends her a letter saying I, I do love you, I just, I'm scared for you, like, we can't be together because Melinda's going to hurt you. And Shanna's parents are finding these letters too, like, they're finding letters with explicit stuff for, between her and Amanda. And also, letters from Amanda saying that Melinda is going to hurt her. Yeah. And how, how much danger she's in by being with her. So Any it's parent's going to be scared. It's a very scary thing. Let's get to the kidnapping and murder portion of this. I'm gonna to need to go back. We'll rewind okay. about the other girls involved in this story. Hence, the other girls involved in the murder of Shandisha. Yeah. So we have Melinda Lovelace. Yep. Which we've already talked about. Now we have 17-year-old Lori Tackett, 15-year-old Hope Rippey, and 15-year-old. Tony Lawrence okay so Laurie Tackett is 17 years old she is friends with Melinda um, they sort of became friends through like a punk rock sort of scene they would go to like concerts together they're in sort of like the occult type thing they were yeah. just sort of like edgy teenagers basically yeah they were in the sort of se- the same sort of group like they were just they were friends now Lori was friends with Hope Rippy was 15 she sort of te- like saw her as a sister she didn't really have many other friends but she she like she cared about her she treated her like a sister yeah and hope Rippy had a best friend named Tony Lawrence who is 15 so hope Rippy Tony Lawrence both 15 they go to the same school and hope is connected to Laurie Tackett and Laurie is new friends with Melinda yeah it's a lot. Lori Tackett sort of had a similar upbringing to Melinda. She was very, very disturbed. She had told everyone that she was destined to... That she thought that she was destined to kill someone. And she wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone. Right. She was very deeply disturbed. She grew up in a very, very religious household in the sense of her parents were also weaponizing religion yeah. and using it as an abuse yeah. form. Her mum even caught her trying to change into a pair of jeans for school one time. She wasn't allowed to wear any jeans or any type of pants whatsoever. So she then tried to strangle her. Oh my god. Yes. So she escaped from her own mother after her mother tried to strangle her for trying to wear jeans. And escaped. But it was just a whole thing. And so she's a very disturbed teenager and involved with Melinda it's just a bad mix now and so then there's Hope Rippey and Tony Lawrence they're not really as involved as the main two. Yeah. So alrighty I guess we're going to get into the murder. On January 10th 1992 Tony, Hope and Laurie drove from Madison Indiana to New Albany Indiana to pick up Melinda. Tony and Hope had only met Melinda on one other occasion. So they weren't... They didn't really know Melinda that well. Laurie was more friends with Melinda. Um, The plan was for the four girls to go to a rock concert in Louisville. But on the way, Laurie asked Tony, Do you know what the plan is tonight? She replied with saying they were going to a concert and hanging out for the night. And Laurie replied with, Yeah, but we're also going to kill a little girl. Because that's what she is. A child. Yeah. The girls then drove to Jeffersonville where Shanda spent weekends with her father. Laurie and Hope went up to knock on the door because Shanda had never met them. Yep. She didn't know who they were. Um they then told her that Amanda that they were friends with Amanda and Amanda had sent them to go get her because she wanted to meet her that night. Oh. So she's not getting to see Amanda, like they're communicating, but they have also been banned from seeing each other. So these two girls come up, they knock on the door saying, Amanda wants to go see you, we're friends of hers she sent us and she jumps on you. the occasion. absolutely of yeah. course she would she misses her she loves her she's you know like this is it yeah yeah um, so Shannon then told them to come back at midnight because her father was home and she knew he wouldn't let them yeah. go out together and later he said I knew that they didn't know her she had told him that they were friends of hers and he was like but they asked is Shanda home like I knew that they didn't know her and I and she was right I wasn't gonna let her go <laughs> with yeah them. so she waited until he was asleep and they came back to get her the girls then went to the concert in Louisville and later returned to Shannon's home to pick her up Melinda had hidden in the car covered with a blanket ready to surprise Shannon when she got in the car because obviously she knows who Shannon is yeah So sorry Shannon knows who Melinda is so yeah she couldn't yeah yeah. yeah so she had to hide when Hope and Lori went to lure Shanda out, Hope even went up to Shanda's room with her to pick out an outfit to see Amanda. So she went up to her room with her, and was like, "Oh, you know, like Amanda would like to, like, oh, this is really pretty, like, helping her pick out an outfit because she thought she was going to see her girlfriend." That's psychotic, but. yeah. Shanda got into the middle front seat of the car, where Melinda then jumped up from the back and held a knife to her throat. The girls then brought Shanda to a place called the Witch's Castle, a local hangout for teachers. So it was like an outdoor sort of ruin-type thing where local teenagers hung out. I'm assuming smoked some weed and <laughs> <laughs> did some occulty things. You know, the the, the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laurie and Melinda dragged Shanda from the car into what was known as the dungeon area of the witch's castle. Right. Which was outside. It was like an altar type thing. Like it was just sort of like trees outside. And they they tied her up and threatened her with a knife. And they also lit a shirt on fire for light. And Laurie turned to her and said, look Shanda, this will be you soon. What the fuck? She's 12. This is going to break your heart. They then stripped her down to her underwear, taking off all of her jewellery, including a Mickey Mouse watch. Remember, she's 12. Yeah. She was... She's barely hit puberty. I'm trigger warning for everything that happens next. She was ruthlessly beaten. Laurie and Melinda then held her down while Melinda attempted to slit her throat with the knife but it was too dull. Melinda then tried even standing on the knife to add pressure to it, still trying to slit Shanda's throat, but it was unsuccessful. So she couldn't slit her throat. The knife was too dull. Yeah. She then took the knife, stood on it, put her body's weight on it, trying to slit her throat, and it still was unsuccessful. Still the damage and the pain that would have caused? Absolutely, you're crushing so much. And so yeah, so she's being held down, screaming while this is all going on. Meanwhile, Tony and Hope were sitting in the car. However, Hope had gotten out to help Laurie and Melinda pin Shanda down at one stage. And then Hope came back into the car. Tony asked why she was helping them. And she said, no, I was trying to help Shanda. But she clearly wasn't. Yeah. Um, Tony wasn't very... She wasn't an active participant in this. She stayed in the car the whole time. She was a bystander. She was a bystander. But she also didn't help her. Yeah. And there were several points where she could have. They, at the concert, she was because away from them.
1: When they went to Shanda's house, and those two knew what the other two girls' intentions were for Shanda.
0: They could have told. So
1: they could have told her. They could have gone, tell your dad, call the fucking cops. And they never fucking did. There was so
0: much that, they, that she could have done to yeah. help. And she didn't. So she does still get jail time. The girls then put Shanda in the boot. Trunk. Right. Uh, when I was researching this, it said trunk on everything, but that like we call it a boot. Sorry, so in Australia we call a trunk, like the back of a car, a boot. So
1: <laughs> yeah, boot just sounds better. I trunk. guess it doesn't
0: really make s- that much. I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say trunk from the rest of it because that's what it, like every time I was researching it, it just said trunk. So <laughs> yeah, they put Shanda in the boot slash trunk. Of the car thinking that they'd killed her so they had ruthlessly beaten her they'd tried slitting her throat they'd stripped her they had taunted her threatened her they thought she was dead yeah the four girls then drove back to laurie's house and planned what to do next so they were just sitting around drinking some soda planning what to do with the body that they thought you know, they thought they'd killed Shanda, so they yeah. were now planning what to do. What to do for the They obviously state.
1: didn't think this through, because, like... Well, no, clearly not. What would they do after that? What? Like, yeah it's not like no one's gonna go looking for fucking Shanda.
0: Well, yeah, she's 12 like, years old. Like, her parents are very active in her life. Her dad had told her that she wasn't allowed to go out. Like, he was... He was aware that these girls came around. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, he... It's not... Uh, like, he would have seen them. Yeah. So, no, and it's not like this was t- out of
1: the blue for Shanda either, exactly, because you had gone through a little bit of a rebellious stage, I feel like, with Amanda.
0: A little bit, yeah, so, and so they were trying to get her away from all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very... It was obvious who could be linked to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And no, then they didn't, I mean, they And she had gotten death threats. The eldest, seriously? The eldest girl here is 17, so they yeah. are not thinking clearly, obviously. No, obviously. obviously. So while drinking soda and planning what to do with Shanda, they hear a noise coming from the trunk of the car, as well as a dog barking outside. Laurie then went outside, lifted the trunk, and began to stab Shanda several more times. In the middle of the street. They were parked on the road, just in the street. And she just lifted the trunk and began stabbing her. With a kitchen knife. She grabbed a kitchen knife and she went out and started stabbing her. Once again, thinking Shanda was dead. Laurie came back, covered in blood, suggesting to Melinda that they drive around with Shannon in the trunk until they were sure that she was dead, because, you know, they thought she was dead before, clearly she wasn't. Yeah. So they... So she, she suggested, you know, like, how about we take her and just let her bleed out in the back, wait till she's properly dead. Yeah. So, that's what they did. Every time they heard her wake up and start screaming, Laurie would pull over, so she and Melinda... Could beat and sexually assault Shanda with a tire iron. Oh my god. Which is that thing that you use to like. Yeah, get you, the bolts off. Yeah. 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 So this is Laurie and Melinda, and Hope and Tony are back at Laurie's house once again having plenty of time to, to do call something. The to do anything to help her. Tell her She adult. was still alive at this point. Yeah. Like, if she not, would be very scarred afterwards, but she'd be alive. She was... she would have had a lot of damage, but she could have made it. Yeah. There was... yeah, there was so many points where they could have done anything, something, just anything. Yeah. So they... every time she made a noise, they pulled over, they beat her, and sexually assaulted her with a iron. At one stage, Laurie even returned to the car, saying to Melinda, It was so cool. I could feel her head caving in after she had beaten her head in with a tyrant. Oh my god. And she was still alive at this stage. A couple hours later, after returning to Laurie's house and picking up the other two girls, they drove to a gas station and bought a bottle of Pepsi, emptying out, emptying it out and then filling the bottle with gasoline. So like petrol. Can you hear
1: my dog howling in the background?
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's so <cute>. He is. <laughs> they then drive to a remote location. He's so loud.
1: He's extremely deaf. So like when he does hear something, it catches his attention. And he starts howling like this. Oh yeah. Baby. Should I let him in? Okay, let me pause this Let's real pause. quick. Okay.
0: Papa is inside, all good. If he hears
1: <laughs> some noises, it's because he's fussy and okay. he he's not likes now, to lick his okay. non existent balls. <laughs> yeah, so he so likes to act like there's something there, but they're really don't like, Oi! What? He's doing it right now! <laughs> You're being indecent. <laughs> oh, oh <he laughs> looks so you look so cute. I just then. I'm sorry. do leave him. I love you. Let him lick his non existent balls. Okay. Anyway, gas right. not.
0: Howling. Yeah. Yes. They bought a bottle of Pepsi, dumped it out, and filled it with gasoline. Petrol for Australians. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because um, our gas is like actual g- gas. Yeah. Like
1: a... Air gas. Yes. Gas. <laughs> gas. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like petrol. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they then drove to a remote location directed by Hope, who claimed to still have done nothing along this time. She. She was the one who got out and was helping Shanda. Right, where she was actually yeah. helping pin Shanda down. Yes. So, um, they drove to a remote location directed by Hope, um, past Jefferson Proving Ground, with Shanda still in the trunk. They dragged her out, dumped her on the ground, and covered her with a red blanket. And Tony said later that she saw Sh- um, Shanda clutch at the blanket when they did this.
1: Oh my god. She's 12.
0: So they covered her with a blanket and Tony saw her clutch at the blanket. Yeah. Because she was still alive at this point. They then poured gasoline over her and Laurie and Melinda proceeded to light her on fire. After sitting in the car, laughing hysterically, Melinda got out and walked over to Shanda, saying to the girl she wanted to make sure that Shanda was dead. She poured the remaining gasoline over Shanda's face and body and the girls then left and got breakfast together at McDonald's because it was early morning at this point.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yes. So they had done all this. They went, they then went to get breakfast at McDonald's and laugh about what they'd done. That same morning Shanda's burned body was found by two men who were hunting in the area and the police were called. Shanda's father, Steve, had also woken up and realized his daughter was missing. He called her mother, Jackie, and they filed a missing persons report. This is rough. So, yep. The autopsy report stated Shanda had suffered multiple stab wounds all over her body as well as ligature marks to her wrists. Soot was found in her upper airway, confirming that she was alive when she was lit on fire and had died by smoke in- by smoke inhalation of her own burning body. There was also evidence that Shanda had been raped and sodomized with an odd-shaped object, likely the tyrone. What the fuck? Meanwhile, Hope and Tony had cracked because they were 15. They had cracked and turned themselves into police. You know, because they can't handle the uh, emotional burden no at 15 years old of killing a 12 year No 15-year-old will be able to keep that in. Like, seriously? Or no. oh, what? You can't handle the emotional trauma of killing a 12-year-old? Funny that. Melinda and Laurie were at Melinda's for a sleepover. Sleeping, because you know they... Horrendous, horrendous people. Yeah. Um, and were ripped from her room by police at 2.30am the following day. Good. Yeah. Police surrounded the home and ripped them from her bed. Let's get into the trial. Tony and Hope had a separate trial to Laurie and Melinda because uh, Laurie and Melinda were facing the death penalty. Yeah. Um, they were all tried. As adults. Okay. Because the state declared that these crimes were of adult nature. Right. While at the trial of Tony and Hope, Shanda's father Steve spoke to the both of them saying to Tony, you have no idea the problem you have caused to our family as we try to cope with this. It's very hard to understand why you didn't stop this from happening. He then looked at Hope saying, May you rot in hell with the rest of your murdering friends. I stand by that statement.
1: hmm
0: Jackie also showed a slideshow at the trial of baby photos of Shanda. And, yeah. um, I'm not sure if it was Hope or Tony, but they looked down. And she turned to the judge and said, can you order them to look? And he did. He said, good look. So, fucking good. Yep, they were forced to watch a slideshow of the child that they had killed. All four girls were tried as adults in December 1992 for the kidnapping, torture and murder of Shanda Sher. Tony Lawrence was sentenced to a maximum of 20 years and was released after serving only 9. Hope Rippey was sentenced to 60 years but appealed this and got a reduced sentence of 35 years. She was released after serving only 12. Lori Tackett was sentenced to 60 years in prison and was released in 2018 after serving only 26 years. Melinda Loveless was also sentenced to 60 years in prison and was released in 2019 after serving 27 years. While in prison, Melinda was involved in a program where she trained dogs and became very well known at really just being the best of the best there. Yeah um it was a way of rehabilitating her and it seemed to work and how's this for an actual angel on earth. Shanda's mum Jackie even donated a puppy named Angel and asked Melinda to train it in Shanda's honour. Oh. how big of a person do you have to, to be able to do that? I would not
1: be able to do that. Yeah. If that was my child, she, she says, was murdered. And I would not be able to do she that. She got a lot
0: of shit for it too.
1: People oh, gave yeah. People
0: gave her shit for doing that. And she said, you don't know my child. Like, I know my child. This is what my child would have wanted. She yeah. would have known her child best. Absolutely. And she said, this is what my child would have wanted. And I mean, that's a dog that's going to, uh, so these, so she would, it was, it's a program where, um, prisoners would train dogs to work with kids or uh, disabled people yeah yeah Yeah. so that's I mean it's going towards something good yeah she's trying to make something good out of this and as far as everyone can tell the they've been released and they are rehabilitated but who knows
1: only time would tell because the two worst of the girls have only been released in the past three years.
0: Yeah, so, um, so Laurie Tackett was released in 2018, and yeah. Melinda Lovelace was released in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So like only time will tell if they've actually been
0: rehabilitated or not. yeah. I would say that Hope Rippy and Tony Lawrence yeah. possibly have. They were both 15 at the time, and Melinda was 16 and Laurie was 17 yeah yeah and laurie and melinda both faced the death penalty but they took plea deals to uh, take that off the table yeah yes i do think personally that they should have received a lot more time in prison. they should have
1: they were young so i feel like the death penalty was a bit much but oh, yeah. they should
0: have served more time i absolutely think they should have served more time because they were like like we've said they were very young when they yeah. went in which means that them coming out they still have their entire lives ahead of them there are things that i said when i was age that i would not say
1: now or do not believe now like no. we change in those years you know like
0: <laughs> tony lawrence only served nine years she was 15 when she went in so she would have been what 24 when she came out yeah that's you've got your entire life ahead of you
1: most people would have been done by with uni by then. Like, it's... Like, yeah. They
0: have still their entire lives ahead of them to do whatever they want after yep. taking someone else's. Shanda doesn't get that chance. No. I do believe that they should have had a lot more time in prison.
1: Or at least, um, Melinda
0: and... What's Sarah's name? Lori. Lori. Yeah. I also think that Hope should have too, because she helped them, and she likes to claim that she didn't do anything, but she, she did. Yeah. She is also just as much of a Even monster.
1: bystanders, to a degree, participated...
0: Because See, they could have Tony, done something to stop it. Well, Tony, like, I, I get being scared in that situation. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. of course. Melinda's, you don't want to be the one Melinda and in, Laurie are psychos. You yeah. don't want to be on the receiving end of that. No. Like, there was times where she was alone. She could have gotten help. The police would have been there. She would have... She would have been out of reach from... Although the granted, they did get out in... Basically, slap on the wrist. They got, like, no time at all. So, like, yeah. They could still possibly come after her, but, like... It's, uh, There was so much that she could have done to save a child's life. Yeah. And it just, it broke me when like she clutched the blanket. Yeah. And she died by smoke inhalation of her own body. The things that she went through and the family, what they had to deal with knowing what she went through. And also, um, her dad had a lot of guilt after that, thinking he could have stopped it by like making sure. Oh yeah, of course he would. Absolutely, yeah. Or, like, just making sure that they... That she wasn't involved with this Amanda-Melinda situation. Yeah. Amanda was told later on. So, Melinda, after they finished murdering Shanda, had called Amanda and said, I killed Shanda. And, Mel- and Amanda goes, no, you didn't. I don't believe you. Because she'd said it a lot. Yeah. She'd basically been telling everyone that she wanted to kill Shanda. She thought it was which, all
1: bark no bite.
0: Yes. Yeah. And... Um, Amanda had come over, Melinda showed her the trunk where Shanda had been, where she saw blood and handprints from Shanda. Yes, (sighs) In which she realized that Melinda wasn't lying and she had actually killed Shanda. So, love triangles, eh? (laughs) damn yeah that was a rough case that was
1: a really rough one
0: yeah it's been it's been like one of my favorite cases. i hesitate to say favorite it's been something that i think most been, memorable absolutely i
1: feel like people i've had people attack me for saying favorites so i find that most memorable it's like a
0: yeah good I've, middle it's, it's a case that i've been very interested in since the moment i have it yeah and i've yeah and it was very different it's to very in the cases we've done so far
1: it's very rare because we Listen to a lot of murder podcasts, and we watch a lot of these documentaries. So it's very rare that we actually get shaken up from one of these cases. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this one,
0: yeah. This one has fucked with me. I tried so hard not to cry reading it, just because yeah. all of the little things that you just think like she was still alive that entire time. And yeah. It just it's so hard. So, um, the book that I'm going to put in the show notes is. Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones.
1: Hang on. Daz is making his bed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones. Um. And it is about basically the the murders and everything. It goes into the background of all of the girls. Yeah. All of them.
1: um, Find a spot.
0: (laughs) Good boy. It goes into the background of all the girls. All their upbringings. Who they were as people. Yeah. Um. Everything before she moved, after she moved. It goes into like the school dances in more detail. It has witness accounts from each little thing. Yeah. It has all of the notes shared between the girls. I only put in a few. There's yeah. so many more. So many more. So if you would like to go check that out, I highly recommend it. Um, if you've got Kindle Unlimited, it is free. And I don't know how much it is, if you don't, but I don't think that it'd be a lot. Yes. Yeah. But it's a very, very good read, and he deserves so much credit. I think. Okay. So much credit, because the amount of work put into this book, and the amount of research, and yeah. the amount of first-hand accounts, letters, court documents, there's a lot. So, yeah. definitely worth a read. Um, apart from that, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, where I will post the photos, it's Terra Australis Podcast.
1: I'll post the photos of all the girls and as much as I can find on it. Um, follow us uh, on TikTok, the same as Instagram, Terror Podcast. I mean, we need to make a link tree that has all of our different socials and yeah. put the link everywhere. I just um, haven't gotten around to it. Email us. Tell us your tarot tales. We haven't gotten any emails yet, but if you have any serial killers you'd like us to talk you about also or also make it anonymous.
0: So if you don't want us to say your name, Send in the Terra Tales, make sure you tell us not to say your name. All that. Well, I think we should just make it a habit to only say, like, the first name if they. Yeah, like, uh, well, most people don't do that anyway. But I've if you had, had some last names as well. But if you would like to send us a Terra Tale, put Terra Tales in the subject line, write your story, and we will make an episode reading them all. Um, that's podcast at gmail.com. Um. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. So next week will be Teresa's episode. Are you yes. know what you're doing it? Huh, <laughs> no. I literally figured out what I was doing last night. So I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know what to do. And then I listened to this again. I was like, Oh my god, I
1: you know, there's been so many podcasts that I listen to where they're like, Oh my god, I had all week to do this, but I only started doing it last night. And like starting this, I was like, Yeah, we've got a week to do these episodes. I'll do them beforehand. I always think like that I'm
0: going to. It,
1: we, you have an excuse, you work full time I don't, I'm just depressed
0: <laughs> So many people work full time And still manage it it's just, I've got very, very long hours at the moment It's not always going to be like this guys It's just, I've got, for now We're just very busy at the moment So we've got extended hours Yeah I am at work for like 11 hours a day So by the time I factor in sleep and all that It's not very much
1: I'm just moody because I'm Depressed and I've got my wisdom teeth stabbing me in the cheek like it's kind of like really doing it's that okay at the moment I'm taking her to get them checked out today. She was going to drive I herself don't... See no I don't know if it's a consultation or if they're actually going to take one of them out I
0: literally messaged her I was like you can't drive yourself to your own dentist appointment dummy Like I'll take you
1: Well I normally would <laughs> yeah. um, But I've never been to this dentist because we're going to a different place than what we did with my older brother
0: so... Well, you're not driving yourself.
1: Okay. You can oh be yeah, on so more we need to support. Go get
0: food before. So we need to leave earlier. Because we need to get food Okay, before.
1: well, it's 12.27 now. So we, we can leave. To get food. And
0: we're ready to leave. Yeah. So... Okay. Because you well, won't be able to eat afterwards. And I'm assuming that you want food. Because yeah. I want food. So that usually means that you also want food.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love Okay. Um... Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye, Terrace. Bye.